everyone. Hey, I'm Libby. And I'm Allie. And this is... The Social Work Friends Podcast. We're getting really good at that. Mm-hmm. We're pretty fantastic act- at it, actually. Um, and today we're going to be talking about... Nature. The wilderness. The wild. The great unknown. The great outdoors. Definitely not the depths of the ocean, because that freaks me out a little bit. We're coming to you from the Great White North. Um, that was dusted with snow today. Woohoo! Allie is ecstatic. Very. I am very much so annoyed <laughs> and angry. And I feel a little betrayed by October, actually. It is my favorite month, and it should not be snowing in my favorite month. I already have snow for my birthday. It is the coldest month of the year in February, I believe. So October needs to give me a break and not snow. Although it did snow, uh, I think, three inches up north. Which is crazy. We have no snow to show for our little dusting today. No, our dusting is gone. The three inches is almost gone, according to my mom. But they got hit hard today, which is just crazy. Although, according to my dad, who's basically like a living farmer's almanac, he said that it snowed seven inches today last year. Wow. So, they better be happy for their three inches. Does he, like, post that somewhere, or how does he just... I don't know how he knows that. It's just his thing. Wow. He's a farmer, so... (laughs) He was a farmer. He's a former farmer. Once upon a time. Yeah. Once upon a time, he was a farmer. Um, but yeah... Um, did you thrift anything recently at all? Maybe in Iowa? What did I get in Iowa? I got a bunch of stuff in Iowa. She did. We went to a super goodwill. What did I get in Iowa? I got these... I don't know what they're supposed to be, but they're these little, like, teeny tiny trays that are buildings, and they're fucking adorable. And I had to buy them. There was three of them. And they were three different shops. And I brought them home and was immediately questioned on their purpose. And I did not have a response. I just liked them. Because I now I'm using that, you know, like when, you, when you're cooking and you put the spoons down? Like it's the hot little, plates, yeah. No. They're like the little spoon cup. Yeah, like that's what I'm... Like a spoon thing. That's spoon what dish. its purpose is right now. I'm just going to have to... Stick it to it. That's what it does. Trade them out. Um, what else did I get? There's other stuff. Oh, I got this, like, little glass Christmas tree thing. It's, like, clear, and it's cool. I don't know what I'm going to do with that either, besides... Are you put it in your office or in your house? Probably my house. <laughs> I'm going to have to buy special stuff for the office. Yeah, I'm, all, I'm, I'm excited to decorate for Christmas, even though I'm the only one on the entire fucking floor that decorates. So sad. I'm glad everyone decorated. I'm bitter. I'm very bitter. Well, tell them to get their shit together. No, apparently the health department and the finance department are really fucking boring. Because they don't decorate. Are you surprised by that? They're the finance and health department. That's true. (laughs) One looks at numbers for a living. And the other one at health code violations. Yeah. Honestly, I don't think I would mind working for the health department. I think you get to see some pretty gnarly shit in your day. As long as I was the one that was going in with the badge expect- inspecting things and, like, <laughs> looking at dirty kitchens and stuff like that, I think I would enjoy that. Um, I didn't really get... I don't think I... Did I get anything at the... I didn't get anything at the Super Goodwill. No, I did. Oh, I, I got found that a, cup. I found a plate, too. Oh, and a cup. I got a mug. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I got you the... 
or not got you. I found that like skeleton mug thing. Mm-hmm. That thing is pretty dope. Yeah, I forgot about that mug. I haven't used it yet. It's sitting at work. That I actually did take to work for the purpose of making coffee. I have not done that. Yeah. Ooh. You haven't made coffee yet? Not there. Yeah, my coworker makes coffee every day, and I'm like, no, thank you. I have my one cup of coffee every day at before 8 a.m. Otherwise, I don't function. Um, did you get anything at the other one that we went to? Ooh, we did get stuff at the. We didn't. We got stuff at the Platteville one, and we also got stuff. You got that yak picture at. Oh yeah. The what? What was that one? Oh, the um, Portage one. Yep, I did. It's fucking awesome. It's the cutest damn thing I've ever seen, and it's in my bathroom now because it's a. It's the, a Scottish the long, yak. No, it's the longhorn cow, as I thought. Uh uh-uh. uh. Oh well. It's whatever. Yak. It's fucking cute either way, and it's sitting in a bathtub. It's adorable. And I, you just can't it's get so better cute. than that. She was standing there with it, and I turned the corner, and she just goes, oh. And I'm like, yeah, you need to I get was it. so That's excited. That's perfect. <laughs> I got these really cute jars that now hold my sugar, my flour, and my oh, yes. spaghetti noodles. I was super happy about those. Do they those. all fit? I didn't even look. Yeah, they do. I did have to consolidate, and I gave my other full jar of sugar and full jar of flour and full, other full jar of flour to one of our friends. So, I don't bake. They've literally been sitting there. I have two full, like, gallon jars of flour that I gave away because I was like, first of all, I don't want to empty this. Second of all, I don't bake, so please take it. I like baking. I'm not good at baking. You have to follow a recipe pretty precisely for it, and I'm not good at it. Yeah. That's the only reason I'm good at it. I wouldn't be able to just wing it. I don't know how people do that. I don't know how they do it either. Good for them, though. I got a Coors cup. That was pretty dope. I did like that cup. And I also got a beer cup, which it's the same style cup. I'll post that one along with it, because might as well. Um, But it's a deer head and a bear body, and across the front of it it says beer. It's so funny. Um... But yeah, I got, it's it's like one of those like trendy shaped cups. I'm not really sure how to explain it. I don't know. And I can't remember what else I got at the um, Portage Goodwill. I got the freaking Christmas vest. Yes. <laughs> I showed, I think like my dad, I think I sent it to him and he just laughed at me because it's, it's something. It's 100% homemade. 100%. From like some old lady's house, but it's amazing. And I'm it's so excited. It is seriously spectacular. It has, shoot, what's even on it? Sleds. There's sleds on it. <laughs> yeah, you can find all of our weird thrift hauls. They're pretty funky. They are. This time around. I'm so excited. They're so funky. They're, we went to three different Goodwills in one day. Yeah. Um, one in Iowa, two in Wisconsin, and we have really funky weird shit to yield from it i suppose um yeah you can find that on our instagram um social work friends pod um we post all of our thrift hauls there so stay tuned those will be up every thursday when the episode goes up Eh, tentatively tentatively i'll do my best give or take they're not actually up right now but (laughs) we're getting to it it's work. It, it requires a lot of work to put those pictures up. There's a lot of pictures that we have to do and take and remember to take. I forgot to take mine. Um, but yeah, I also sold 
the dresser that I got that I was talking about in a few episodes. Shout out to you, Luke, for bringing it to my attention that I talk about furniture a lot. Um, I sold that dresser for $300. So, ha, Luke, ha. Eat shit. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> he texted me the other day. He was like, I like your episode, but you're t- how long do you have to fucking talk about this dresser? I'm like... Wow, that's so nice that he actually listens. Our siblings are pretty great, huh? They're they pretty are. supportive. I don't think my sister listens, but that's okay. She doesn't well, really listen to podcasts. One of my three brothers does, so I think that's a win. Yeah, it's a win. That's something. Um, shout out to siblings, I suppose, but... Um, Sometimes. Ha, Luke. That's all I'm gonna say. Ha, in your face. Um... So yeah, now I'm $300 richer. I have another desk that I also thrifted last week. I should probably throw that one in there. Oh, yeah. Um, Did you sell that too? No, it's right there. I had to put a co- another coat of paint on it. Oh, it's okay. in the bedroom. Oh, I was like, what? It is a $250 desk company that I can't remember the name of. <laughs> uh, but it's a really dope desk. I'm going to try and sell it for $150. Uh and if I don't sell it in four days, I'll give it to Shauna. Because I told her she could have it. And she said, are you going to sell it? I said, not if you want it. And she said, try to sell it. And I said, I'll sell it in four days. And if I don't sell it in four days, you can have it. Um, I feel bad because I had a hairpin desk in my room. Do you remember that desk? I think so. And I sold it for $20. It was like a cheap fucking Target one. And Shauna was like, dude, I wanted that desk. I was like... You didn't tell me in time. I'm sorry. So now I'm giving her this desk, which is a far nicer desk and a far more expensive desk. So, um, yeah, I thrifted that desk too. Oh, we have a big haul for this one. Also, who cares? Just we're already so many uh, pictures in. I'll we'll post the dresser on there too because why not? We're gonna have like five different posts for one day. <laughs> yeah, we are. It's okay. We're gonna quadruple post or no sin i don't know Something. i don't know what the abbreviation for five it's not an abbreviation the yeah the double know. triple quadruple the the post cinquenta that's not that's it. <laughs> that's spanish yeah <laughs> um i also started a thrifting instagram which is new but it's attached to my etsy and also my um poshmark account so if you want to pop over there it's the nifty mind oh, um, i didn't even know you did that I did it, like, yesterday, I'm pretty sure. Um, it's the Nifty Mind. I follow the podcast Instagram, so you can just look in there, too, if you want to be, like, a stalker ex and just look in there. But, um, yeah, that's my Poshmark, my Etsy. That's that's how I make a side gig worth money. Um, what else am I going to do with that? Oh, I'm making a, a How I Style My Thrifts TikTok. So, if you hear all of these thrifts that we have... I eventually, once I find the gumption to make TikTok again, um, I'm going to be making a Nifty Mind TikTok account, and you can find how I style all my thrifts. I'm currently looking at a lot of them, the plant shelves included, um, and you can see what we do with them because we do do stuff with them, obviously. Um, all right, we've been sitting here chatting for far too long. This was a really long thrift haul. That's eh, good. Um, but yeah, so today we are talking about wilderness therapy and nature therapy. Which might sound similar, but they are in fact not the same. They are so different. So first, 
I'm going to bring you into the wonderful, beautiful world of nature therapy. Something that I myself could definitely get involved into. I have the dark side for once. Yeah, this is a flip. We're flipping. Allie has the ooky spooky dark side. She has wilderness therapy. And let me tell you, it gets deep and dark. So strap in. And also, maybe take a deep breath. You could listen to this episode outside. Might be a good idea. So, nature therapy. Technical term, ecotherapy. There's ecotherapists, there's nature therapists. They're basically the same thing. It's just how you identify your practice. It's a huge growing field around the study of how um, nature affects our psyche and how it affects us and our bodies. It was first like applied in the 16th century, which was kind of gnarly, where some dude named Cyrus the Great built a gigantic garden in the middle of his city because he thought it would be calming to the people, and it was. Nature is naturally very calming, very, I don't know, relaxing. That's the word I was looking for. Therapeutic? Therapeutic. It's very naturally therapeutic. So overall, though, ecotherapy, nature therapy, it's all a growing field in the study of how nature affects us, our moods, stress levels, and overall mental health. And so... In most of the studies, it's been found that nature has, like I've said many times already, a profoundly positive effect on our brains. It reduces stress levels within five minutes of being outside in nature. If you just go on a walk for five minutes in nature, you walk over to that park over there and you go for a walk. I'm going to argue that it depends on the season because if there's... What are they called? Mosquitoes? And I'm getting attacked by mosquitoes? Eh. I don't know if I'm not relaxing anymore. It's stressful. Um, Generally. If you have deep free bug spray, you're gonna have a better time. Then you're good to go. Um 120 minutes a week in nature can have a massive upward tick in your mental health. And so just five minutes can have an upward tick. It reduces stress level and anxiety levels. It reduces the symptoms of of impressions. Oh my lord! It reduces the symptoms of depression, and it it's it's pretty gnarly shit. I mean, it it does it to them. Nature and our brain, they are one. There are certain chemicals like serotonin and dopamine that release into your brain when you go out in nature, um, which is why you see those effects of less anxiety, lower depression levels and less stress levels. Um, So there's actually kind of a fair amount of research behind why nature has that effect on us. Um, But there's also just a lot of like intuition. Like no shit, we enjoy nature. That's like where people go sometimes to go relax. I know for myself, growing up in the sticks, sometimes I like crave being in the forest. It's there's nothing like it being in the woods. I sound very crunchy, munchy, tree huggy, but it's true, right? When I was little, yeah. It's very, (laughs) first of all, yes, it's very nostalgic for me to be in the woods because we grew up in the woods, so we were always in the woods, always. We did too. We always used to go camping and stuff with my family and my extended family, so that's all we did. We used to build like forts and stuff in the woods and 
try and build a raft and sail down the river. Mm-hmm. And it did not work. We mm-hmm. all sunk really fast, but it's okay. Yeah. It's kind of like um, water. Like, water for me is very therapeutic. Specifically, yeah. I'd, specifically in, like, freshwater lakes. You don't like the ocean? I don't mind the ocean, but when salt gets in my eyes and in my mouth, it's less relaxing. Kind of like mosquitoes. It's good for your skin, though. Is it? Salt water? Yeah. If you really? have bad... If you... I don't know for everyone, but if you have, like, bad acne and a kind of a greasy face, like, that's more of your problem is it being greasier. That can dry out your skin. Mm. But also, if you already have dry skin, that's not going to help you. I have pretty dry skin. So generally. probably won't help you so much. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's just, you can kind of observe its therapeutic effects without really having to do a lot of research. It's kind of intuitive. Um, so some ecotherapists, ecotherapy, blah, 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 nature therapists will just take the tools that they use in their everyday therapy and counseling office and just bring it outside. They will conduct therapy, um... Literally from a state park or from a national park. If you can get into one, that's a whole different thing. But you will go on a hike and you'll do the same therapeutic practices. Can you get into national parks? There's different pass requirements now. Really? Mm-hmm. You can't just buy one when you get there? Mm-mm. Hmm. You have to have one bought beforehand or they do it on a license plate. Like, odd or even number license plate. Interesting. Yeah, you have to know your know shit that. ahead of time. Unless you're in the off-season which is when I went to Rocky Mountain National Park. Not a soul there. It was fucking gnarly. I would not be upset about that, though. We almost got attacked by, by elk. So. Mm, well. <laughs> we Oops. were all the way in nature. It was insane. <laughs> um, so, yeah, a lot of nature therapy or ecotherapy is done by just taking practices that you would normally use in an office and doing it outside. Um, the only maybe drawback, but a lot of times it's seen as positive, is that it's a really unpredictable way to do things. So you're not going to know if you see a squirrel or if you see a deer or if a butterfly lands on your nose or something like that. And then, so you kind of just have to like roll with the punches when you are working with the person and, um, see where it takes you. Um, the other thing that is also really an interesting dynamic is that Normally, the therapist is always seen as kind of like separate from the client. They are above the client in some way. Um, In like just your general perspective of like Mm -hmm. a therapist is usually dressed very neatly and a client can come in and jeans and a t-shirt. It doesn't really matter. Um, But in nature therapy, when you do go outside and you do do those things, you are dressed in the same way as your client is and you're sweating and you're breathing heavy and you're out of breath and you're tired too. It really takes you down to like a more human level that sometimes people forget that therapists are also human and like we're, we're not different. We're, we're both people. Um, so at, I think that's a positive dynamic to be adding of like, remember, I'm still like we, we are equal just because you're my client doesn't mean that I'm above you in any way. Um, I think that's a positive thing, though, for sure. Yeah, because I think it would help the client feel maybe one less judged Yeah. when they're talking about either something they've done or that's been done to them or just talking in general. They won't feel so much, I guess, like that stigma that comes with mm-hmm. seeing a therapist. And I feel like they would just overall be more comfortable 
Yeah. That being said... Uncomfy chair. I've never actually been to therapy, so I don't know if the chairs are uncomfy. They are very comfy. Well, never mind then. They are very comfy. And the light's always dim. Mm. I sat in a lot of people's therapy sessions. That's how they get you to share your deepest, darkest secrets. I do therapy from right here with Tony, usually. <laughs> Look at him. He's a little bean. He's so cute. Oh, my God. He's adorable. Um. Anyway, so the only drawback from doing that is that, A, sometimes people are either not ready or not able to go outside and go hiking and stuff like that. Some people have phobias surrounding different kinds of nature. So a lot of times ecotherapists or nature therapists will bring nature to the clients in their Mm -hmm. office. They'll have rocks, sticks, plants, sand, dirt, that kind of stuff that can still evoke a similar effect. Not that profound, but still similar. And either work with clients on like, um, and getting over their, fo- not getting over, processing and um, ending their phobia. Or if they're just not able-bodied and not able, they will take them to other places too. They are also, um, there's different therapies that count under this, like equestrian therapy. So that's horseback riding. Um, that's very therapeutic. Um and also, animal-assisted therapy is, falls in this category. So that's similar to having like a therapy dog, um, but it can be a therapy, pretty much anything, as long as it's certified through um, whatever organization. It's not like a personal therapy animal. It's an animal that has to come in that's like a certified animal to work with Like people. when people do that at like hospitals, they have a therapy dog come in. Mm-hmm. Or not therapy dog, but like a... Just, like, a support animal that'll, like, go around and the patients can pet it and stuff. So, yeah, it's a similar similar concept to that. They'll do different animals, though. They won't just do dogs. Um, they'll do all kinds of different animals. So that counts under ecotherapy. Um, uh, but, yeah, so there's a vast array of how people do things. There's also what I consider to be um, levels. Um, there's, like levels of immersion I guess so what I consider to be regular immersion would be like a walk or a hike maybe a bike ride um and that is like you're still connected with nature you're not soaking it all in like you don't have your shoes off and you're walking on the sticks or the grass or whatever but you're still soaking it all in you're hearing the noise and you're doing blah, blah, blah. um and then there's the another level which is a little bit more immersive Maybe you're pausing your bike ride or your hike or your walk and you're sitting next to a tree and you're and you're taking some deep breaths. And then you're getting a little bit more immersed because you're getting you're touching the tree, you're taking really deep breaths, maybe doing a mindfulness exercise. And the like 100% immersion level is pretty gnarly. Um, it's called forest bathing. Um, and that's where you literally, you take off your shoes. Maybe you're in a t-shirt and shorts or whatever. You want to be like as connected with the ground as possible or whatever you want to touch. And you sit there and you lay there. And you just absorb it. You just bathe in the forest. Do mud baths count? No, they do not you're- count literally immersed you are very literally immersed in nature um but yeah so i think that that is a really interesting concept of forest bathing and you can do it for 15 minutes and you can do it for like five hours but that's like the highest immersion level that you can have 
and every once in a while I will go to my parents I crave going to my parents house and just going in the nice soft lawn where there's no noise from traffic and just laying in the grass under the tree and like last time I was there or maybe the second last time I fell asleep in the yard I just yes. took a seat after feeding the chickens and fell asleep for an hour Woke up, was like, I don't, where the fuck am I? What's going on? Because <laughs> it was one of those accidental things. But that's how relaxing nature is for me. Like, it is a surreal how relaxing nature is for me. Um, so, there's actually a chemical that they found that trees release that reacts with our body. Um, it's a chemical, uh, pheromones, something like that. It reacts to our body. I don't know why the chemical's released. I can't remember. I knew at one point in time. Mm. And, uh... It has that soothing reaction, so there's actual science from the trees of why it has such a soothing uh, effect. Effect. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's really interesting. There's other science that goes into it. It's not just the trees. The trees play a very minimal part in it, but um, yeah, there's a lot of science that goes into why our brain is so relaxed in nature, but it's awesome. Um, and so they... Like I was going on earlier about the different kinds, there's also oriculture therapy, which is like gardening, basically. And they do that a lot for people that have PTSD, veterans, um, that kind of, those, that kind of uh, population. Um, and that's also very therapeutic, and that's considered a type of ecotherapy. Um, all in all, I think it's a really cool practice, and I would 100% be interested in doing that and being an ecotherapist one day. And I do it now, like... 100% I went mountain biking yesterday yes Luke actual mountain biking don't come for me and uh well first of all it was pretty fucking intense I won't lie to you I did not Maxwell had been to the course before I had not and he was like I'm just gonna warn you this part's a little trickier and I was like Maxwell if you and if I end up being thrown off of one of the jumps we bike past before, <laughs> I'm gonna kill you. And that's exactly what happened. We did the whole, there was like berm, berm, berm. A berm is like a piece of dirt. That's what these tracks are made out mm -hmm. of. That like loops up like this. It turns into like a sideways U. And so it's like, it's like an S shape. And you go boom, boom. And then at the end, there's a fucking jump. And I'm like... Maxwell, I'm gonna kill you <laughs> the entire way down. I didn't crash though. That's Very good. proud of myself. I never crashed once. Um, so, yeah, even doing something like that, exercise and being in nature, having that nice, fresh, cold, crisp air in your lungs, ah, I love it. And I would just like sit there for a little bit and just look at all the fall leaves on the ground. They're so pretty. <laughs> um, but yeah, so nature therapy 100% is in my forefront. When I do telehealth therapy, which is what I do right now, uh, sometimes I'll just go sit outside in the yard. Even though there's a bunch of people around me and there's no sounds of nature, there's just cars, it's still very relaxing. Like, I was sitting out there talking to my therapist and a little mouse came up to me. A little mouse. It's uh -huh. probably the same one that I had to take to the park the other day because it was in my house. But you know what? He found his way back. I hope not. 
But it was so cute. I was like sitting there talking and then all of a sudden there's like a little scrounging sound next to me. And I looked down and there's a little mouse. I was like, well, you're so cute. Please don't go in my house. It did. <laughs> a week later it was in my house, but that's okay. All right. So now that we have covered the kind of cute, fun, fresh side of nature therapy, I'm going to pass it to Allie. And uh, she's going to talk about the exact opposite. Which is wilderness therapy. So wilderness therapy is also known as outdoor behavioral health care. And it's a treatment option for behavioral, substance, and mental health issues in adolescents. Uh, they're not... Wilderness therapy programs are not the only facility that kind of has like the same out or desired outcomes to change children's behavior. Some other ones are boot camps, behavior modification facilities, or the one we all hate, gay conversion camps. <laughs> the I forgot I was gonna write this down. The one for um, Native American kids too is that just also a conversion assimilation Assimilation. there we go that's like kind of the same concept i would think i think that would fall in well it's the opposite they take them out of nature no no no. i didn't mean that but like they're trying to change behaviors like in that sense it's the same not not with yeah not with the environment gotcha but fucked up not a fan so fucked up so What's different in this, in wilderness therapy, compared to what Libby was talking about, is most of the participants are attending these camps involuntarily, and it's typically a last resort for troubled youth. So parents can send in, like, a referral kind of thing, and the kids can essentially be taken out of their bed in the middle of the night. And they have no idea what's happening, which would be terrifying, really stressful. Very stressful. And they're taken in a vehicle and maybe going, depending on how far away they are, they might be just driving there or going on a plane, and they have no idea where the fuck they're going. And they're just expected to be okay with it. And they're not, usually, as one would not be, because I wouldn't be. I would be not cool. I would be the opposite of cool. I'd be heated. Very heated. You so would not get me on that plane. That results in them having to use different kinds of restraints and hand, like handcuffs and maybe even having to tase them to get control over the teen. Which is not good. We don't like that. So once they actually arrive at these camps, they do different outdoor activities, which can include expeditions, teaching them survival skills, teamwork cooperation, all that kind of stuff. Um, They also do different games to boost confidence, self-esteem, leadership skills. They can do some different adventures, hiking, ziplining. I had the opportunity to go ziplining this weekend. Like mini, you're like two feet off the ground ziplining, so not real ziplining. It was on the little obstacle course. I did not do it because it looked scary. And I was like, if I fall, it's still far enough that it would hurt. So Have I didn't you ever do been it. real ziplining? No. I did. Mm-hmm. I ziplined through the Costa Rican canopy. And that would be fucking cool. Fucking gnarly. You're strapped in there, though. This one, you were just hanging on for doing What? Because it's literally, like, oh, not far fall, from the ground. You would just, like, scrape your knees or something if you didn't land right. Yep. <laughs> you didn't do, like, a... You would not die. 
That's for sure. No, you would definitely die if you fell yeah. off of mm-hmm. this one. It was terrifying. And you, so we walked like to the, um, you, 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 you like, you have to walk up to the trees in order to, and there was like big bullet ants and stuff like that just yeah. chilling on the trees. They were huge. It was pretty gnarly. And 10 out of 10 would recommend going to Costa Rica. Loved it. Love the people. One day. One day I will get there. Um, so the youth also participate in therapy sessions with mental health professionals, which, uh, side note, they're not usually actually professionals because professionals are expensive. So a lot of times they're just young people, probably in their, like, early 20s. So that'd be like hiring us, but we'd be the better alternative. But less educated. Yeah. (laughs) We're very educated and trauma-informed. These people would not be. And they do individual sessions, group sessions, and are just trying to work through maybe the reason that they're there. Well, not maybe. They're trying to work through the reasons that they're there, which is typically their behaviors. So they're trying to teach them new maybe coping skills, new responses, how to take a deep breath before answer. Like if you're in a conversation with someone, just taking a second to think about whatever you're going to say before you say it. And so stuff like that. Um, they can also help individuals deal or work through their anxiety, um, ADD, depression, eating disorders, substance use, um, reckless, rebellious behavior. Essentially, they're like, we can do it all. We can help them with everything and anything. Everything and anything. We're awesome like that. But this is a little dark side that was just looming in the distance. Um, when the kids actually get to these camps, they're typically ignored by the rest of the group or forced to remain silent for a few days to weeks. Um, they'll have their shoes taken so that they can't run away. So, there's this thing called attack therapy that they use. Which is terrifying. Just the, <laughs> Just the name. name. It is awful. And it's encouraging the other youth that are already there to shame, humiliate, insult, sometimes physically attack each other. Which, why the fuck would you pin them against each other? Like, they could have such a positive experience, potentially, being around other youth that have shared experiences to them. Mm -hmm. Why would you turn them against each other? That's, Mm -hmm. like, setting everybody up for failure, Mm -hmm. intentionally. Mm -hmm. And that's fucking dumb. So dumb. Amen. (laughs) Um, yeah, and then like I said, a lot of the programs don't actually have properly trained therapists that are there, or just, not even just the therapists, but just even like the leaders, I guess, that are there with them, they probably have no idea what the fuck they're doing. And they're expected to keep, to keep track of these kids. When you're going on hikes, when you're going boating, like, do they know how to, what's that called? When somebody's... Yeah, well, I would hope they know how to swim. <laughs> That's not what I meant. <laughs> but I don't know how to save someone if they're drowning. Oh, I can barely are. keep myself afloat. You want me to go and save somebody? I, was I could not. Lifeguard. Are they? No idea. Yeah, Probably once. not. Ooh. I didn't help, though. Mm. Shauna ended up doing it. Well, good job, Shauna. I'm not good at the Heimlich, <laughs> it turns out. Whoopsie. 
So, in the past 15 years, as many as 86 kids have died in trouble teen programs from kind of a variety of things. Some of them have been natural causes, I guess. Natural stress-induced causes? Well, I think one of them was... No, one of them was actually, like... An aneurysm? (sighs) Not that one. I don't know. There wasn't. There was one. One of the examples. I just can't remember which one it was. We'll get to that in a second. Um, but some of them were starvation, exposure to the elements. I'm sure stress, because some of them ended up taking their own lives, mm. which is so sad. When they were supposed to be going here to get support. Mm-hmm. And any kind of help, I guess, and mm. it didn't do that at all. Nope. So, I don't, okay. So, some of the ways that, these are kind of like specific examples. Um, There was one, there's a 15-year-old that died from altitude sickness, dehydration, and heat exhaustion while hiking. That was only her sixth day in the program. Good Lord. There was a 16-year-old who died of heat stroke on a hike. After three days, there was another 16-year-old who, oh, this is, me is this one, that we couldn't remember how to say. The peritonitis, hang on, I'll, I'll highlight it. I didn't remember what this was last time. I should have actually explained it. Peritonitis? There you go. Do you know what that is? No. I don't. Okay. Well, I don't either. So I'm not even going to pretend I do. I think it has something to do with... Well, and a perforated ulcer, so that would probably... Yeah. Make sense. And that... That was three weeks into a 63-day hike. Fuck that. Um, That sounds miserable. Peritonitis is a... Inflammation of the membrane lining the abdominal wall and covering the abdominal organs. Peritonitis is usually infectious and often life-threatening. It's caused by leakage or a hole in the intestines, the ulcer, such as a burst appendix. Even if the fluid is sterile, inflammation can occur. So. There you go. It's treatable by medical professionals. Critical needs emergency care. Yeah, she did not get that, obviously. Um, There's a... Another 16-year-old who they were hiking, and she lost her footing in an area called the Naming Caves and fell about 70 feet. And she did go to the hospital, but she died three weeks later. Oh, my gosh. Uh, There was a 14-year-old that died of hypothermia, a 17-year-old that died of asphyxiation after being restrained, a 14-year-old that hung himself. Whoa, back it up. After being restrained, he yeah. was strangled? Well, or if they were just, like, detaining him. Like a knee on the back situation? Yeah. Boo. Boo. Um, the 14-year-old hung himself from a tree. Oh, my God. Sweet baby angel. 14. And there was an 18-year-old, which this one... That, that age is kind of confusing because I feel like you wouldn't have to be there at 18 anymore. But 
She died after being thrown from a supply semi-truck driven by a camp counselor who was convicted of careless driving. So that makes me think they weren't probably buckled or anything. They were just Jay chilling in there. Like on the back of the truck or something? Yeah, that's kind of what that makes me think of. So, not great. Not great at all. Not great at all. But I do... I do think that they've made improvements. Sure. Definitely. And they're, like, the ones that these things are happening at, I'm sure are closed by now. Because we knew somebody that worked at one, and, I mean, it wasn't great. It wasn't the best. But she had a pretty positive experience from it, didn't she? Yeah, but she said that the staff burnout rate, turnover rate, was eight months. Which is That's the longest somebody's crazy. ever made, which is insane. In eight months, and that's that's not even a year. No. I mean, and the company that she works for, yes, these these places do still operate. Like there's still mm-hmm. wilderness therapy out there. These places, the one that she worked for, they would work for. I think they were one week on, one week off, or like five days on, five days off type of a situation. So you would be out in the boonies, in the woods, a week. camping, essentially, roughing it with kids. You had to pot your own water. You had to shit in a hole. Uh, you probably had to collect your own food, if I had to guess. You might have had, like, um, the, like, add water food, whatever those meals are called, but... Like I don't. I don't know if that's necessarily a bad thing, though. That they were responsible for those things. I think that really holds them accountable for not only the experience that they're having, but they can't always. It's teaching them that they can't always depend on other people, mm-hmm. which is good and bad because it builds your, resiliency. It builds yeah. trust in yourself. It 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 does. I don't think there's anything wrong with that kind of a practice. I'm just pointing out that's why they have yeah. such, sta- such high staff right now because that's a lot of fucking work. Plus, the staff would have to like sleep with their boots on so that they could tackle kids that were running yep. at night, which and would I, be terrifying. I think the biggest issue with it that I have is that the kids are taken potentially in the middle of the night with some of the these um, facilities, and they have no idea what's happening to them. Mm-hmm. I think they would have a much better and more positive experience if one they knew what the fuck it was knew where they were going it was a voluntary program and i don't i don't think it could always necessarily be voluntary but an informed yes yes voluntary i think would be ideal because then you know that they are gonna maybe try put in the effort not try and run away because they don't want to fucking be there but i guess i don't know if that's always realistic yeah. But I voluntary on one avenue. Like yeah. maybe the parents are informed and sign them up and then there's a whole process where the kid gets informed. Yeah. Kind of like the programs that we were in we used to work for. Like, I still Well yeah, you still do volunteer referral program. But yeah, so like I guess mine was sign the kids up. The kids yeah. don't necessarily voluntarily sign themselves up for the program. And my kids they were referred by the either the court or their juvenile court work or not juvenile court. Juvenile Justice worker? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think kind of another positive with this programming, so with wilderness therapy, is it's, even though there's not always good things that come out of some of them, I think overall it's a lot better 
option than sending the kids to juvie. Oh my god. Because yeah. they're outside for most of it. They're around. They're actually able to like hang out with kids their own age. They're not in a cell. Like even though they might not always want to be there, I just feel like automatically they're going to have a better experience than if they were in some sort of like detention facility. Yeah, we've covered this. Juvenile facilities are no bueno. No. I told one of my coworkers that one of the kids that was not not one of the kids that I work with, but one of the kids that I've heard of and has like worked with a fair amount of pe- programs in the in human services that he went to juvie and she just like sat there with her face in her hands. She was like, "That is a terrible place for that kid to be," and he's thirteen. So yeah, I mean he's in there for I think three months, and. I, I don't know why he's there. I don't know anything about him. I just am in the schools all the time, so I hear things. And a 13-year-old going to juvie is terrifying. Yeah. For three months. Yeah. I just Into feel like they're... a horrid facility. There just has to be a better alternative. There I think chucking them in the woods for three months would be far more productive. And this is not nature therapy. This is in tense immersion therapy Mm -hmm. it is you are so far into the woods you can't even fucking run because you're 25 miles from the nearest house type shit you are in the woods Mm -hmm. you have no choice but to get the fuck over yourself and work otherwise you don't have water you don't have heat you don't have food that's i think why the new kind of nature therapy is so effective because it really forces you to get over yourself and your behavior and work with other people, teamwork, mm-hmm. and also understand yourself a lot better. You do probably a lot of soul searching in that time. Yeah, and I, I absolutely agree with that. But I, f- I just don't know if it's for everyone. No. Like, just with, like with anything, it's not always going to be successful for every... It's not going to have a 100% yeah, it's success a one, rate. one size fits all. So I feel like... Having, giving the kids sometimes the opportunity to have an input and say, this, I can't do this, this isn't for me. Like, the ability to kind of tap out if they are really not being successful. Like, if you have a trial period. Yeah. But you also have the rule that you can leave at any time. Mm -hmm. I just think that would, in the long run, wield a lot better and higher success rate, Mm -hmm. in my opinion. Mm -hmm. But... Mm-hmm. And in the one that I'm specifically talking about, they actually had a therapist that would come out to the woods every week and work with the kids. Mm-hmm. Which would be way better. Which is actual nature therapy. But you're with scrubby kids that haven't showered in three months. So, <laughs> um, But yeah, I think that the new kind of wilderness therapy, when it's done correctly, is really cool. Uh, when it's done incorrectly and inhumanely, not so cool. Not so great. Pretty gross, actually. Agreed. Um, so, yeah. I think those are our thoughts on nature therapy and uh, wilderness therapy. Did you have anything else you wanted to add? No, I think that was pretty much it. Yeah. So, I mean, you guys can obviously make up your own opinions on it. 
Um, there's a fair amount that we are still learning about it. Obviously, I'm going to continue learning about nature therapy. Wilderness therapy probably be tied into that mix as well. Um, but I honestly did not know either of these two things were actually a thing and not just a joke or, or a concept for a movie um, until like six months ago, I think, probably. Um, so yeah, pretty gnarly, I would say. Very interesting, very cool, but if you are ever interested in it, you need to research, 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 because you can't just dive into that headfirst and not know what you're doing. Um... But anyway, you can catch us every single Tuesday and Thursday. We drop mini-sodes on Tuesdays. We drop full main-sodes on Thursdays. We post on Instagram every week, multiple times a week. We post our thrift hauls on Instagram, of course. You can always find them there. They live there in the reels. Um, so you can find our Instagram. That is Social Work Friends Pod. Um, feel free to give us a follow and take a look at our thrift hauls if you want to know what we're talking about. Um, and you can find us anywhere you like to listen. Kudos to whoever is listening on Anchor still. I still don't know who you are growing in population though. Um, wasn't there another new one? Oh, a web browser. Yeah. I don't know what that is. That's where you like look it up on the web. Yeah. I don't but then what are they? They still have to view it on something in the web browser. Yeah. I, I It just doesn't say what it is. Hmm. Interesting. So, yeah. We have a new platform called Web Browser, whatever that is. I don't know what web browser that is. Um, and, yeah. So, kudos to that one person. Yeah. Hey, whoever you are. Maybe two people. Um, welcome. And next episode, well, actually, really honestly, the next month or so, probably two months, maybe three, who knows, we're going to be diving deep into a trauma series. Um, Allie has the next episode. Do you have any idea what you're doing? No. That's TBD. But I will be working on a trauma series that I'm going to bring Allie in on, and it's going to be super interesting. Prepare to have your mind blown by trauma um, and to have your brain educated on what trauma is, trauma-informed care, adoption trauma, um, ACEs, all the good stuff. There's so many good things that are coming down the pipeline. Make sure that you applied for student debt forgiveness because we can do that here in the United States. Um, Allie cannot. She's a little bit bitter about it. I can see it on her face. <laughs> Sadly. Um, Allie has no student debt. I'm also a little bitter about it because I only have $6,000 in student debt instead of way more because I took a different route, a non-traditional route to college, so I wouldn't have debt. And now here we are. Uh, but yeah, I'm not mad about it. I wouldn't redo it. Um, what else? Is there anything else? Thank you about Carburetor. Okay, cool. Feel as though we're golden. We're good. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, find us anywhere. Leave a review. Yada, yada, yada. You know the drill. Have a fantastic day, month, week, year. November. Doesn't matter. Have a good one. Goodbye. Bye.